0: New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you're listening to this podcast, we're glad that you're joining us. I'm thankful that... You're listening to these podcasts because they're convenient. You're commuting to work. You're working out, whatever it is. But it provides me, I, selfishly, I like to read and study. And I thank you for providing an opportunity for me to teach. And I hope that this podcast and the many others will encourage you, you know, as, a, as an opportunity uh, to, to drive you into the Word and as what we at New Vision call turning the pages we hope that that is an opportunity, a reason for you to dig into Scripture yourself. And so today we're going to be in Exodus chapter 16, and I'm going to go through one, uh, verses 1 through 15. Where we are so far in the text, uh, just to recap, Israel's finally left Egypt. We've studied that so far, and not only do they get out of slavery, God rescues them from slavery, but they plunder the Egyptians. And so God saves us, but God also abundantly blesses us. Then they encounter the obstacle at the Red Sea. We know that story. We're familiar with that. That's a big obstacle. Then God brings them through that. And then yesterday, we we had Dixie on the podcast. She talked about how God, you know, they had just gotten rescued, and then now they're out of water, or they think they're out of water, and then God miraculously provided, you know, fresh water for them and, and performs that miracle through Moses. Moses goes to God first. And who who do we go to first? And that's the question that she left us with. So today, we'll pick that up. They've gone through all these obstacles. They've gotten out of Egypt. They've run out of water. Oh, now we got water. And t- today, we're going to see. oh, now it's a food problem. So here we go. Exodus 16, verses 1 through 15. And I'm reading from the ESV Bible, verse 1. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Verse 4. Then Moses, the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them, whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. And so Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, Your God. In the evening, quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning, dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine, flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. And when the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, "Uh, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. And so we'll stop right there. This is, you know, 1 through 15. We're going to talk about some more of this tomorrow. Uh, but right right from the get-go, we're kind of following this story. And if we've been in church for a very long time, it's like, man, these ungrateful Israelites. And I think a lot of that's true. And we, we tend to hear sermons about how, you know, materialism and discontentment and, you know, th- th- those are all well and true. But just really quickly, uh, and from a sympathetic, maybe human point of view, we can kind of empathize, sympathize with uh, the people in this story. Maybe see ourselves as having this struggle. And I, and I think you know, man, life is filled with obstacles and problems. We we all know that. We could we could stand here for hours and talk about how 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 frustrating life is sometimes. And and there there are a lot of fresh frustrating things. I mean. You know, it's not excusing it, but it's to identify with because especially when water and food are involved. I mean, if any of you have kids or or ourselves included, we have these words like hangry, you know, that kind of a thing. And so putting ourselves in this text, we we can really identify uh, us as these as as these Israelites, you know. So life is filled with obstacles. I mean, that's kind of a no brainer. And we see that in this story. Uh, but here's my first point. We noticed this in the text. Though life is hard and we, we have obstacles, we make things more difficult for ourselves than they need to be. We make things more difficult for ourselves than they need to be, and we can see that here in the Israelites. First of all, they're overly dramatic. I mean, I kind of read that in into verse 3, but they're saying, like, we had you know, you're, you're coming to kill us. Like God rescued us and you're just going to kill us. Uh, like, I mean, that, that's just overly dramatic. I mean, really like God's gone through all that trouble and he's rescued you and he showed you his power and he said, he cares about you. And here you're saying like, Moses, you're just killing us. You're killing me, man. Like, but how many times in our life do we kind of act that way? Do we have that disposition, that attitude of our hearts that's maybe a bit overdramatic to our circumstances. And so that's not denying, you know, food and water. We need that to survive or whatever it is. But, you know, we, we have problems and we tend to over dramatize those. So that's one way that we make things more difficult on ourselves. The second I wrote down is that they looked back to the good old days. I mean, and then that just, you know, with the blinders on our eyes, would that we had died in that land of Egypt. We sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. And it's like, man, we, we wish we had the good old days of Egypt. And I'm like, really? I mean, eating meat pots and the bread, whatever food that was. I mean, it was so that you would work hard and be slave labor every single day. And so it's like, you're looking back to these good old days. I've, you know, really were they good old days? Okay, whatever. <laughs> so They're making things more difficult for themselves because they're overly dramatic. They're looking back to the, quote, good old days. And then thirdly, their problem was more anticipated than actually experienced because, you know, they're saying they're starving, but it's only been a month or so. And, you know, it's more that they're anticipating starving. They're afraid of the future. Uh, It doesn't say that they had gone through weeks of famine and their, you know, family and friends are, are malnutrition, you know, all that. They're not dying off or anything like that. They're starting to feel hungry, and they anticipated starvation. And I think that's, in our lives, we tend to make things more difficult than they need to be because we anticipate something that's going to be way worse than might actually happen. I know we've heard that in church a lot of times, but in what ways could we be making things more difficult than they need to be? That's a a question we can ask ourselves. And then, uh, you know, at the end of this, it's like, all right, we're making things more difficult on ourselves, but there's still an obstacle. I mean, we still need to eat. And from our perspective, you know, the Israelites' perspective, it's like, well, you saved us out of Egypt, but it looks like we're still in this problem of, you know, food and how we're going to provide for ourselves. There's still an obstacle. And that's something I wanted to focus on because, yes, there are obstacles. And the pattern of Exodus is that God does not lead us around every difficulty. Rather, He actually leads us into many difficulties. I know that's hard to hear, but I'll say it again. The pattern of Exodus is is that God does not lead us around every difficulty. Rather, he leads us in too many difficulties. Because th- this pattern we've seen over and over, even yesterday, it's like the Red Sea. All right, what are we going to do? Oh, no, nope, God's going to rescue us. Okay, awesome. All right. Oh, no, no, we're out of water. What are we going to do? Oh, no. Oh, sweet. Now God provided water. It's why didn't he just give them water immediately? Like they never had the problem to begin with. Why was the Red Sea there in the first place? You know, but it's not that you're going to be able to go around every difficulty. God leads us into difficulties because He can pull us out again. And there's uh, there's so many things we could say about why God does this. We don't know all of them, but uh, it says here in the text, verse four, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. So God is testing them. He's not. He's not tempting them to sin, but he's testing them to see, hey, look, I've called you out. I've drawn you out to draw you into me. And here's the problem. Egypt and slavery from an oppressor that's outside of you wasn't your biggest problem. Look what you've brought with you. Your biggest problem is what was inside of you. You need to be drawn out to be drawn in, drawn out of your uh, godlessness. You you don't worship me. You want free bread. You want whatever circumstances that you can apply this to. So, God is testing them and he's eventually going to give them the law later on, but Godliness isn't the automatic result of reading books or attending meetings, listening to this podcast, whatever it is. It's not faith in theory. It involves bearing burdens, fighting battles, and feeling pain and maybe going hungry or not knowing where your next meal is going to come from. Whatever whatever that is, godliness isn't automatic, and so uh, none of that can be accomplished with the avoidance of every difficulty. None of that can be accomplished if there's no difficulty at all. And so I say that again, God, the pattern exodus is that God does not lead us around every difficulty, but he actually leads us into difficulty because he can pull us out again. And we see this in verse 12. You know, he heard their grumbling. I'm going to feed you. Look, I've heard you. I know You shall eat meat and be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, your God. I think this is super practical and I've written down a couple questions. Maybe you can write them down if that's possible for you right now. And you've probably heard these before. But when we think about this text, in what ways has God provided for you in the past? And list it out. And then the second question, in what ways are you not trusting him to provide right now? And that's going to require some honesty, maybe a little inventory. But I hope as you take this inventory and you're thinking about this text, you'll maybe, you know, see yourself there and, and see how you're going to react to, to God's provision and the obstacles in your life. Are you going to make it harder or are you going to, to trust God and push into that, to lean into that? We see and we've heard this over and over again. God came through. He came through in the past. He's going to come through but we'll see how the people react to it more tomorrow. So we thank you for joining and hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.